Hello, and welcome to SoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. Today we will be hearing from singer-songwriter and worship leader Kim Stanley about her life and the stories behind her songs on her latest album, Reawaken. My name is Tara Tucker. Thank you so much for joining me today. I don't know what your week has been like, but uh, mine's been a little crazy, a little stressful. Got a whole lot of uh, things going on, new things in the works, and uh, it can, you know, it can get a little bit overwhelming. But in the midst of the overwhelming, I love being able to just get quiet for a little while and spend time with you uh, during this Sounding the Light podcast hour. Um, If your week has also been stressful, if you find yourself in the middle of a bunch of stuff, (laughs) I'm glad that you have taken the time to listen to uh, the guests that I have on with me today. A few days ago, I was able to have a chat with Kim Stanley. She is uh, she's such a beautiful person, um, as well as being gifted with such a beautiful voice and uh, spirit of worship. I have had the privilege of knowing her for um, almost a year now, and I I love how she has a heart for leading people into the presence of God through worship. Uh, she also has a heart for women and just a very very sweet spirit. So I was very excited to have her uh, here in my Sounding the Light studio with me. Um, Kim has been a worship leader for several years now, but before that, she and her husband Joe started out with a group that was touring doing musical theater, which I think is a pretty cool place to start. And uh, she's got a beautiful testimony of how God really got a hold of both her and her husband and and, uh, where he's led them since then. So I'm going to uh, share one of her songs first before we get into the interview. This song is called Our Song. And it is from her Reawakened CD, which we will get into during the interview, some of the stories and inspiration for writing this uh, album. So once again, this song is called Our Song by Kim Stanley. This is how we know we're redeemed 
So Kim Stanley, thank you so much for uh, coming and visiting me here at Sounding the Light Studio. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks, Tara, for having me. It's um, a beautiful day out it there. It is gorgeous. <laughs> just gorgeous. Except for the fact that there's all this gunk. It's <laughs> <laughs> just kind of hanging around this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Art's why. being our friend for too long. <laughs> yeah, the kind of friend that you're like, you have overstayed no. your welcome. Yes, you very need to much go now. so. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> well... Let's talk about who you are. Uh, we just heard your song, Our Song, which is just a beautiful song. I love it. So I would love to know where you were born. Uh, I was born in Lima, Ohio. Lima, I grew up in a little Ohio. town called Wapakoneta, Ohio, but they didn't have a hospital. So that's where I was born in Lima. Yes. Awesome. And how long did you live there? I think I lived there full time until I went to college. I went to college in Cincinnati, and I probably never really lived at home, mm-hmm. except for maybe a couple months before my wedding, got married there. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's where awesome. I grew up. So tell me what memory stands out to you as your best? I think every time that we had a family get together, um, especially on my mom's side, I just have great fond memories of mm-hmm. that. She was... Um, she had five brothers and sisters, and so there were a lot, lots of cousins, and they were all like we were all the same age. And mm-hmm. so every time we got together, whether it was at my grandparents or out on the lake, or we, you know, have picnics um, all through growing up, I just remember those, and those are great memories. We enjoyed each other, played a lot of games, played a lot of cards, ball, <laughs> everything. So you said you went to college there, and you got married there. How did you meet your husband? I met my husband in Charlotte, North Carolina. When I went to college, I went to school for musical theater, so I got a summer job in um, Charlotte at a little amusement park called Carowinds, and he did too that same summer when he was going to school in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And so we worked together in a little country music show, and um, we were partners in blue, and so that just kind of (laughs) stuck, and God put us together. It was real sweet, sweet time, love, great memories of that summer. But because we worked together every single day for many hours, we got to know each other very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so um, I left that summer knowing in my heart that I believed he was the one, but we had some things God had to work through. And so we got married about a year and a half later. Okay. Do you remember a time when music really started becoming part of your life? I have memories of music always being important. But the first time I remember is I grew up in a um, parochial school, a Catholic school. And so we would have mass. We used to have it every day. And then we would have it once a week. And I remember just in this, I was in the second grade. And I remember I loved music and I would sing really loud and (laughs) they would make fun of me. And (laughs) they would say, don't sing as loud as Kim. But I just love to sing. I didn't even know I was singing loud. And I I remember a memory of going to church and my dad um he would sing loud in church. And, you know, back in those days, Catholic Mass, not a lot of people sang very loud. So mm-hmm. I remember looking at my dad and hearing his voice and thinking, well, I, he's singing loud. I'm going to sing loud. <laughs> and so I, those are the memories I have of first, you know, where music just became life. That's very cool. <laughs> so you said that you were doing musical theater and stuff. How did mm-hmm. you get into that? I just always loved it. I thought I wanted to go to Broadway. I loved uh-huh. everything about Broadway, you know, the traditional Rodgers and Hammerstein Broadway. I love that. And, uh, you know, we're in plays in high school. I grew up in a really small town. So Mm -hmm. my teacher just encouraged me to audition for school in Cincinnati. And I did. And I had no idea I'd get in. So I I just went to a 
went to a great school for musical theater and had some wonderful training and um and then kind of god stepped in and you know as he mm-hmm. does he changes your story and your song and um and it's been wonderful tell me since. about that tell mm-hmm. me about when god really stepped in when you really <gasps> met him actually my my husband and i met during one of those college summers and then we kind of went our separate ways i went back to school in cincinnati he went back to indiana but we had this you know god was starting to do things in us separately and so uh but we we ended up getting married and he finished a year of school we traveled together we did a uso tour together and through all that you know seeking jobs in the entertainment field uh he got very involved in a band in Cincinnati. It was a great band. They played 50s and 60s music and just very entertaining. And so they had an agent and the agent put them in a club in Atlanta to play for just about two weeks. But because they did so well and the crowd was growing literally from probably 20 people to maybe 400. It was amazing. This said they they wanted to extend their their, um, playing time. And so I found myself in Cincinnati with a one-year-old daughter at the time and my, oh my husband is down here in Atlanta playing in the band. Oh my. And so God just opened a door for me to join the band. And so we did and we lived in hotels. And through the course of that, it's so it's so amazing how God will go to the depths that God goes to to get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so amazed mm-hmm. at him and and grateful. But um, in a nightclub, we had some people come and visit the band because they had heard about it. And they invited, first my husband, before I came down, invited him to church to hear about a pastor's testimony in the area. And then I came, and so we both started visiting a church, and it, it was New Hope in Fayetteville. Yeah. And um, Ike Reichard was the pastor at the time, and he just had an incredible testimony of his own, and he was sharing, and God was moving. And I remember the first time I stepped my foot into that church, it was the first Sunday of their new of their new building hmm. then. And um, I was amazed at first. I noticed the 100-voice choir, of course, and oh. people were singing to their, <laughs> their guts out. And, oh, yeah. And then I noticed the smiles on everybody's faces, like, all these people are happy to be here. They want to <laughs> be here. And so uh, through the course of sitting under um, biblical preaching for a year or more, I realized um, when Joe and I had were attending a revival at our church, and we were singing in the choir, and just listening to... Uh, an evangelist speak that you know it was the wheat and the tares sermon and Mm -hmm. that god would leave the wheat and the tares and they look alike but you really don't know until the harvest and god just used that and it was a very non-emotional time for me because i'm an emotional person i believe god did it this way so i would know yes that it was him speaking because he just said here it is in black and white and you you have the head knowledge of who I am, but you do not have me as your personal savior. You haven't accepted, you haven't come to the point where you knew that you were born in sin and you had no choice in it, mm-hmm. but your choice is now to accept what I've done for you on the cross and you can accept my life in you, mm-hmm. but it is really your choice. And here it is in black and white. And so it was just like, wow, are you kidding me? You know, I thought, I thought I was okay. Mm. It was the whole self-righteous thing. And mm-hmm. I thought if I did enough right things, God would accept me. And that was, he totally blew that out of the water. And by his grace, just um, taught me that day and breathed his life to me, you know, wow. literally. And so that was that night in um, October of 1986. And then the <laughs> next night, 
my husband, same had the same experience. Wow. Um, different scripture that the Lord used on him, uh, but very much a similar experience where he had kind of the same thing. He, he had known about God, and we both claimed to be Christians, but the Lord brought us down south to uh, <laughs> show us that there's a difference between saying you're a Christian and, and being one. Mm. And so God just miraculously changed us and saved us and totally <laughs> turned our world upside down from that point on. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I used to say that, uh, well, I guess I still do, that there's such a difference between having a lot of head knowledge of mm-hmm. this kind of stuff and that sometimes it takes kind of this this kind of depth of shaking for God to get, you know, shake it out of your yes. head and down into your soul, into Absolutely. your heart, where, where it really means something. That mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful testimony. It's a good God. Yes, he is. <laughs> Um, I would love to talk about your uh, your experience with. Um, you say that you and your husband had been doing musical theater stuff and and uh, singing that kind of stuff together, but you guys have also done recordings. Um, mm-hmm. How many albums do you guys have together? I think we've done five. Wow! At this point, do yeah. you guys you guys go out and sing and stuff like that we still do. together? Right? Yes, we've been doing it for quite a while, and just got back in town from a a revival in uh, Augusta area and marriage conference. And so we do lots of, lots of ministry together. Do you have anything that uh, stands out to you as um, a time where somebody really got touched through, you know, the music that you were singing and and maybe you were able to hear back about that? I can think of a couple times. Uh, It's always encouraging when God allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't happen and that's okay Mm -hmm. because you, we know that we're doing what we're called to do, and that obedience is the is kind of the fuel for what keeps us going. But we have certainly heard from people that have been encouraged by worship, and that's a lot of what uh, what he's allowed us, what he's taught us in our journey is what worship is and what it isn't. He's continually teaching us that. But when we go into a setting, we just feel like he's called us to br- to carry his presence. And so, if you you know under the anointing of the Spirit, when you you know when you share a song in your heart. And it comes across as that, and God uses that to touch someone's heart. They will mm-hmm. come, and we have gotten letters. I, I remember mm-hmm. early, early on, probably one of the most one of the um, things that stick out that really encouraged us was a letter from a family who were missionaries in, I believe it was France, wow. and they had taken somebody had sent one of our it was a cassette back then <laughs> they had sent one of our cassettes. <laughs> To them, and here they sent us this wonderful note about how they had had their um, quiet time, and they put on one of our songs, a really old song called Holy Spirit, and they played it during their quiet time, and they just said the Lord really encouraged them, being Mm -hmm. so far from the family. And they sent us a letter with like, I don't know, a $50 check in it, a missionary family. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And I remember thinking, wow. And then just, you know, another a mom in Ohio, a friend of mine from high school that I had lost touch with and just wrote and said she really loved our music and how God had encouraged her in her daily, you know, being a mom mm-hmm. and how she felt his presence. So those are just amazing gestures of the kindness mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Lord that he would encourage us like that. Do you guys write a lot of the music that you sing? We did not at first. Mm-hmm. We did a lot. Most of our songs are cover songs. We had a couple people write some songs. Uh, actually, John Waller wrote a couple songs oh, for nice. us a long time ago when he was first starting out. We've had a couple of John Waller originals, if y'all Woo-hoo. want to check it out. And um, <laughs> What album is that on? Okay, well, let's see. There's one on our Christmas album called Still Our Baby, uh-huh. and which is a beautiful song. Him and Scott Johnson wrote that together. And then there's another one called Miracle to Me, 
on the Still Our Friends CD, which we have sung in a lot of weddings, actually, and he and Scott collaborated on that one as well. And so I'm sure John appreciate that early, <laughs> early uh, throwback. But anyway, so not until the recent CD reawakened did we start putting original songs on. Awesome. So you were talking about that a lot of your sort of MO is, is, uh, is bringing worship into a place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Can you, you were saying that you learned a lot about Mm -hmm. what worship is and what it's not. Explain that. I think early on in our walk with the Lord, having come out of the entertainment field, especially there was a sense of to be, um, successful mm. you have to emote you have to get the audience to feel something while you sing and so even mm. though that translated to church in that well we're singing about god but we we just want you to feel something so if we you know back then in the 80s the numbers you know the big numbers like the sandy patty larnell harris yeah. numbers which i loved i mean those ministered to me as a new believer yeah but you went for the big huh at the yeah. end of the song for people to stand up and go hallelujah praise god and and that was where we were at that journey and that's fine but as we've come along you know god's kind of slain all that and said <laughs> it is not about that it's not about the um it's not about the response even so much as it's about what's going on in your heart and who you're worshiping and it's all about this vertical mm-hmm. relationship here mm-hmm. and who you are in private and my old my former pastor ike said that from the beginning it's who you are in private will determine who you are in public so if as god showed us personally in our own time what worship is and how it's you know falling on our face sometimes before him in silence and mm-hmm. sometimes it's a song that comes out of nowhere in your spirit and some you know it's we're opening the word and saying who he is out loud and and praying his word back to him that was a big thing when he showed us about how we take the, we take if we don't have anything in our heart it's a, you can plagiarize the bible you know take mm-hmm. his word and say god this is who you are and i've got to see you as this right now today and all of that in our journey is worship. And so that translates into how you um, share that with other people. So I guess really it kind of became this vertical thing between me and us and God first. And then then it goes horizontal as, you know, all of it. Yeah. Really, that's what it's about. He's yeah. got to do it in us first. And then it overflows into what we do. So mm-hmm. worship has become so much, it means so much more now than it used to. And I'm grateful for what he's shown us. Is there a time where, uh, you know, maybe it's been a difficult time in life or, a, you know, a doubtful time in life or whatever, where worship has, has actually carried you through when other things wouldn't? Yes, I can tell you exactly when that happened. And that was back in um, probably the very beginning of um, 1990. And Joe and I had were very involved in church relatively new believers for about three years and we just enjoying everything god was teaching us so much and we had um i'd had a miscarriage we had two kids and had a miscarriage and so we were trying to grow our family we were living this little we called it the love shack because (laughs) it was free rent and i was all about free rent and saving money to buy a house i Uh thought well we can live here for a year save some money and then we'll have a house we ended up being there for five and we totally call that our our wilderness experience but Mm. god taught us much 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 there and one of the things was walking through a time of um, difficulty with children and going through a miscarriage and then having another pregnancy and you know having two kids and i come from a large family so i just kind of i wanted to i wanted a lot of kids i just i love that and and so we uh with the fourth pregnancy we started going to the doctor for checkups and saw that there were problems and they sent us to 
specialist downtown Atlanta at Crawford Long. And just a few months of going back and forth and finding out that I was carrying twins, Mm -hmm. uh, twin boys, but because they had seen a lot of uh, the spinal column was curved and bent and there was really a lot of fluid on the baby's brain. It made them Mm -hmm. check out and they found out what they thought was spinal bifida. Come to find out that I was carrying twins, but they were conjoined twins or what we commonly call Siamese twins. And because of the way they were formed, they were joined at the head and the chest. Mm -hmm. So the doctor said there's no way to surgically separate them and they just won't live, you know, because they shared lungs. They were attached here and they were separate from the waist down. So going through that, you know, that was kind of shocking to get that news. And um, driving home, I still remember the drive home from the hospital to our home in Fayetteville. It was, you know, 30-minute drive, but it was quiet. But God spoke so loudly in that quiet. And um, it was like Joe and I didn't have to say anything. We just experienced God's presence in the car. Hmm. That's all I can explain. And we just knew that we didn't know what was going to happen, but we just knew who had us, and that was okay. And so that just began a day-to-day journey of experiencing God in the moment and um, and what He was teaching me personally, because I'm a very emotional person, but I had kind of learned to push that down. Mm-hmm. He was showing me how to let that out again in His presence. Mm. And so He sent me to the Psalms, and uh, I really just I just started pouring myself in the Psalms and reading them out loud. And what God showed me was that David, who's called a man after his own heart, was a very emotional person. And yes. if you read the Psalms, you can see that. <laughs> yes. I mean, he goes from praise God and, you know, why so downcast on my soul to kill the people that are against me, God? So I like, well, I like this guy. Right. And I feel like if God calls him a, a man after his own heart, I think I could, you know, I think I can learn to pray if you'll teach me, Lord. And so God just enveloped us in his presence and we experienced um, just getting to know God, Father God, in the midst of of tough circumstances, uh, and, and never, we'll never ever forget that. That really just wow. started the ball rolling in our relationship with Him. So yeah, worship big time during those days, and experiencing Him in the Word, and listening to music that would kind of wash over mm-hmm. us and remind us, you know, God's here, and I've got you. And there was a song that um, is on one of our CDs that actually was sung at our 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 pastor Ike. He had lost a wife and child in childbirth several oh, years man. before this. And he had a song that the group knew song and Babby Mason, they wrote a song called Trust His Heart. And we clung to that song mm. for those months, literally, because mm. it's it's based on a Charles Spurgeon sermon, but the words are just beautiful. And um, Babby and Eddie Carswell wrote this wonderful song. And, and we used it, had it sung at our twins' funeral because mm. they did you know, obviously pass away and have that at their service. And just that became such an important song to us that we could trust God's heart no matter what was going on, whether we felt like it or not. It was a choice that we could trust His heart, even if we didn't see what we thought we wanted to see. Wow. And so um, we still, at almost every time we get together and have an opportunity to share that testimony, which I share quite often, we sing this song still today, you know, 30 years later almost. And um, it's just a wonderful song that just plays God's faithfulness it's amazing with uh with music or with any of the other um arts when there's the spirit of god in it it's always going to be alive Mm -hmm. for whenever the time is and and you can always listen to it again and it might you know mean something different in another few years that you know than it did then it just i love that i love that Mm -hmm. um thank you for sharing that sure 
Uh, I would love to play another song for listeners. And uh, the one that I want to play is the one called Table of Surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, I, uh, that song came to me. I was actually reading a book that was very popular a couple years ago, and that's the Ann Voskamp 1000 Gifts. Yeah. And that, you know, it's just kind of a rock your world book for me mm-hmm. at that time and reminded me of how ungrateful I am mm-hmm. and can be and how in, intentional gratitude is a thing that we've got to cultivate, but we do have to be intentional about it. And so I was going through with my friends, this Bible study group that I go to on Tuesdays, we were going through that book as in the leadership first, and then we did it as a group. And so there's a, there every chapter in there is wonderful, but there was just one towards the end, and it was even at the end of when I, we were recording the CD, this kind of came on at the end. This song wasn't originally on the CD, it came at the very end. Hmm. And um, in fact, I was embarrassed to say, I think I have one more song that needs to go on here, but I feel like this needs to go on here. But it was, it's called Table of Surrender because in the chapter, what happens in the book is, um, I think Anne is, a glass has shattered, her kids have done something, and she finds herself at the bottom of the stairs like, really, God? You know how you, mm-hmm. just imagine when you're, you know, you're small children and, and you're just doing everything all day and then one thing can happen that may or not be a big thing, but it can be the thing that sets you over the edge. Yeah. And so you find yourself on your knees and, you know, it could be spilled Kool-Aid, but it's like the end of the world. And because it's the, it's the end. And so (laughs) she had found herself in this situation, but what God showed her and what he was showing me is that even in that place where it seems like all the pieces are shattered, there is an opportunity to come and and be grateful and coming to the table what what he showed me is there are so many references to and it says in my bible at table it doesn't say at the table it just hmm. says at table in the ESV version every time you see those words it's at table so much happens at the table in scripture mm-hmm. you know it's time for intimacy it's the last supper yes. you know so many things happen there and we we're going to eat together at the table of the lamb forever and ever the marriage uh, feast but what God was showing me is there's an opportunity to come with all your shattered, broken pieces, and you offer them in surrender at this table of surrender, or you can call it an altar. You come to the table, but what happens at a table is you're fed, and you after you surrender, you eat this meal with God. It kind of is kind of reminiscent of the fellowship offering that they talk about in the Old Testament. It was the only offering where the participant and God had a meal together, which, you know, is foreshadowing of what we enjoy Hmm. now Mm -hmm. and what we will enjoy forever and so you come to the table of surrender you surrender everything that you have and in that place god gives you in place of that joy because he says when you cast your burdens on him you know he encourages us to do that because he cares for us and so you leave from that place with joy and peace because your hands are held open you've surrendered it and you've had a meal with the lord so you're full of his glory and his goodness and then you go from that place to you know take that on but it was just sort of the the exchange of what happens at a table of surrender and the idea came from her book but it kind of became very personal to me in that place at the table of surrender I give thanks in letting go and joy overflows in a song in this surprising place I find his grace to say yes Lord your will be done and I eat of the man of this great mystery Bread of life broken for 
just heard this song uh, called Table of Surrender. It was on your album called Reawaken. Uh, Will you talk a little bit about the album? Like, what was the inspiration or the driving theme behind you making this? Reawaken was really a personal dream that I had asked God about many years before, but just was too scared to try Mm -hmm. it. And that was to write original music and record it. And um, I've been involved in a women's ministry Bible study group for many years, and as the worship leader there, uh, there's much freedom in that place, and so God just began to, you know, even spontaneously, we'd have worship together, and and the women responded well, but it gave me freedom to try that and to try to write, you know, for us, just for our songs, what God was doing in our midst, right, you know, in our midst, and so some songs were just birthed out of that place, and I just, I worked on them and asked God, you know, is this the time? And then what really confirmed it was my husband, who I've recorded with all along. And this is really hard for me to step out and do one without him. But because I was so active in women's ministry, and I'd begun speaking, and he said, this would be a great opportunity to have some music that goes with what you, you know, your ministry of speaking. And so... um, that he said, go for it. This was the right time. And so the Lord just opened doors to do that. And... um, Jason Horde was amazing at taking what I had and so making it Black, good. Black Cat? Yes, awesome. we did it at Black Cat. Him and Edgar amazing. And they took what was so raw. <laughs> I was so like, can you make this, you know, recordable? And he did. Aww. And um, they're amazing. And so God just birthed that and breathed into it. It was a great time of celebration because, you know, I thought I was kind of too old to do that and um (laughs) but the lord Mm -hmm. is good and it was a wonderful journey lots of things happened during that time that i'll always remember you know when you do a new project sometimes it's it's challenges happen during those times too and yeah um it is great it was a great time (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome 
So you mentioned doing a women's ministry. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about that. Will you share about what you do with that? Uh, yes. Well, I there's a local women's ministry I'm very involved in in Fayetteville called Touching Hearts, and it's just a it's a it's not real large, but we are very intentional about just loving Jesus together, and so we draw a lot of women from the area that you know it's interdenominational and just community based. But we just study God's word together and we pray, and we're about you know transformation and not just getting a lot of information. We really want God's presence to change us from the inside out. And so I've been on a journey with those women for many years. And uh, even before that, though, God gave me a heart for women. I Mm -hmm. believe even when Joe and I would go out and have our concerts or worship nights and revivals, I would be, God would always pair me up with some woman, either, you know, through a common thread of our story or just something she was going to. And my heart just uh, bled for women who Mm. were sitting on the pews suffering silently. Um, Someone may have courage to come up in that. And I, I know for every person that had the courage to come up, that was just one for how many more sitting mm-hmm. there suffering and not saying what's going on in their lives. So just an opportunity to minister to women one-on-one was amazing. And then mm-hmm. the opportunity to share our, star, our story and share more about um, what God has taught us about worship, about intimacy, about uh, who we are in Christ. And doors just began to open for me to, to share that. And then uh, along with this other ministry here locally, um, uh, God's given us an idea for a new retreat, a worship retreat that we've been doing the last year. And so I don't know. He just gives me a heart for women. And I know that's from him mm-hmm. because I would be totally incompassionate and <laughs> uncompassionate in, in my house all day if mm-hmm. I, if he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have uh, you have four kids four and they're kids. all grown. And do they have yes. kids of their own? Yes. My, <laughs> we have two boys and two girls and our two girls are married. And um, so we have three grandchildren between mm-hmm. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. How long That's have amazing. you been doing this women's ministry? Uh, I ask because did you start when you when you still had kids at home? Yes. Or how yeah, was I that? started. So I remember the first women's thing I went to speak to. I took my daughter with me, and she was probably. 15 so mm-hmm. she's yeah that's been 15 to almost 20 years wow. so it started back then uh-huh. there were few and far between but i think god was preparing me uh-huh for where we are now so um, touching hearts are you the the founder of that well no our founder is martha wilson okay she's from fayetteville and she has been a woman's um ministry Bible teacher for many years in our area. And then she founded Touching Hearts. Uh, it's been probably 10 or a good 15 years ago. Um, but she had Bible studies before that in her home and just everywhere. So God gave her this dream. And uh, and so it's been, she founded it, but I'm on the ministry team. Awesome. Okay. So if anybody happens to be in the, you know, yes. South Atlanta area and they're interested, there Definitely. is a website that they can go to. Yes. I'll, I'll have that linked uh, up on this podcast page. So Wonderful. anybody who is interested can go check that out. What's been the most rewarding thing for you during your use, years as a musician? I think what God has done in me personally to teach me about worship and then how that relates to other people. Like Joe and I have the privilege of going to so many different places to to lead in worship and to to be with the body of Christ and we don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. We it is a blessing to go anywhere, you know. But also the opportunity that we have to meet people like yourself and other worship leaders in the 
the body of Christ and what we share together, how we fellowship, how we we recognize that spirit of worship in one another. Mm-hmm. And that has been a great privilege. And I think that's the sweetness of what we have in the body of Christ. And so just the family that we have here that we're going to have forever. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that's been very difficult about about being a musician or, you know, during that has happened during these years? Yeah, those same two things I just mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, flesh can get involved. (laughs) Yes, it does. How? Okay, let's let's Hmm. talk about that. Let's talk about how you can separate, you know, because when, when people think about people who are leading worship, you know, you're up on stage, you're getting a lot of times you get all this acclaim mm-hmm. and, you know, people coming up, oh, I love your voice and your music is awesome. And you so blessed me. How do you separate the, you know, the flesh side of it, like where you're getting all this, all this great stuff mm-hmm. and not let that taint uh, what it is that you're doing and who you're doing it for? Well, God will definitely do that. He will show you. He she has shown me that when I was younger and my kids were at home, it was that he used my family to keep me very, mm. very, <laughs> very grounded. Uh-huh. And you know, because no matter what you do, you come home and you're mama, yeah. and gladly so. That's what I want to be, mama and wife. You know, that's who I am. And um, but who I am, what he taught me through that is a daughter of the King. And if my relationship with Jesus is where it's you know, where he wants it to be, then all that other stuff, it's like the shield of faith. You, you learn how to hold that up, but it doesn't come against you. Because mm-hmm. whether someone likes your music or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's like when you share the gospel, you're sharing Jesus and what they say is between them and the Lord. Mm. It's not that they're rejecting you, they're rejecting God. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember that. And I don't all the time, believe me. And sometimes it'll take you realize, well, you know, nobody said anything affirming lately. God, mm. am I really doing the right thing? And he says, is that why you're doing this? And no, but it would be nice. You know, <laughs> God is God and he's faithful and mm-hmm. we'll all have, we'll always, you know, we, until we reckon the flesh dead every day and it's just going to be the battle that we have to live by the spirit. Uh, while we're here on this earth, but mm-hmm. he's good. <laughs> I love that perspective. That's great. I'd like to play one more song. And this is the one called Captivate Us. Mm. That is also from your Re- Reawaken album. Yes. And uh, will you talk about this one? Joe and I got to sing this song several years ago at a, a dear friend's wedding. And um, it captivated my heart mm. when I sang that song. And I just... I loved it. And I said, if we ever do a CD, I would like to put this one on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the words. And it's an old Watermark song. It's really? Christy and Nathan Knuckles. Yeah. yeah. And um, nice. and so I just love it. Love the words. Yeah. It's a great revival song because we do a lot of revivals and services. And I believe it. The words are so inviting. And it's a prayer. It's a prayer to say, God, you've got to captivate us with your love again. Mm. We've got to draw our eyes up to you. You know, consume us with your fire. Now, the one line that people ask about, like, what does the devastate me? You know, she and but I love the line because <laughs> God devastates us in his presence. He we're undone in his presence like Isaiah yes. was when he comes in on the scene and reveals things to us in our heart that are not pleasing or or that are he reveals about himself that are just so awesome that we become undone in his presence. So I love the song that is just a wonderful prayer to God to captivate us, Lord, with you. Mm, that's beautiful. Your face is beautiful and your eyes are like the 
the stars Your gentle hands have healing There inside the stars Your loving arms, they draw me near And your smile, it brings me peace Draw me closer, oh my Lord Draw me closer, Lord Captivate us, Lord Jesus Set our eyes on you Devastate us with your presence Falling down And rushing river draws near Holy fountain consume us with you
just in the in the last couple of minutes here, do you have uh, any future music plans? Any are you going to just you know keep going along with what you've been doing? Do you have any new things in the works? Well, we we hope to continue to lead worship wherever the Lord calls us. We are kind of in a transition and continually asking God, Mm -hmm. what does that look like for us in these days? Uh, But He has given us a new idea for women's retreat. I have a. It's called One Thing Worship Retreat, and it's based on Psalm twenty-seven four, where David said, "One thing have I asked of the Lord." And that will I seek after, that I might gaze upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life mm-hmm. and to inquire in His temple. So He's given us an idea to just go and have a day of worship corporately where we read the Word, we study, and it's turned into a um, – where we study about Psalm 27.4, but also about Mary and Martha and how Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, that Jesus Himself said, one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen mm. it. And so we kind of look at that, and then we you know we worship together, and – and then we have some time at that in the part of that day where they actually women actually go and scatter and have some time with the Lord by themselves. And if they've never done that before, it's a, we kind of have a guideline to help them. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of women do that anyway, and it's just an opportunity to practice right there. Yeah. And so then we come back, and the end session of the day is to say what God showed them, and the women share what God spoke to them, and that is the most awesome thing because you when women come back and say i heard god speak to me it's and they question you know we all question that sometimes to god do i hear god and we know that we do because we're sheep and the sheep hears voice but sometimes we don't give ourselves time and place to really sit in and lean into god and hear him and so that's been a great a great thing so we have done several of those this year and have a couple more booked and looking forward to seeing that develop i love it God bless you for doing all of this. This is just, I, that makes me excited uh, to hear about all of that. And uh, thank you so much for coming here and, and speaking about all of this stuff and just for opening your heart and sharing, uh, sharing your music. So um, really appreciate having you here. Thank you, Tara. I appreciate you. I really do. If you liked what you heard today from Kim Stanley, I have got the uh, link to her official website right here on the podcast page. You can just click on it and go straight to her site. Uh, If this was your first visit to Sounding the Light, welcome and thank you for hanging out with me today. If you have some time, feel free to check out any of the other guest artists on this site. There are some really great interviews, really awesome music that you don't want to miss. You can also subscribe to uh, Sounding the Light through iTunes by clicking the red subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. And you can get connected and stay up to date with the latest from Sounding the Light on Facebook. If you're in the South Atlanta area, you can catch me every other Friday between 8 and 9 a.m. on 90.7, 91.7, New Life FM, on the new morning show with host Pete Shagnon. Uh, we get to highlight some of these great artist interviews, and uh, sometimes we even get to have guests in to play their music live right there in the studio. It's pretty awesome. We have lots of fun. Thank you for hanging out with me today, and I will see you right back here again soon on SoundingTheLight.com. God bless. God bless.